Welcome to Live from the Vault, coming from Kinesis Headquarters. Upon the breakout, gold's gonna make a new all-time highs. Gold-backed ETFs in inflows of over five billion. Point eight trillion dollar gold market. Why are we the only guys to see on this Raise your heads, Ben. Welcome to Live from the Vault. This is the Liechtenstein Vault that we've been telling you about for quite some time. And we wanted to actually bring you and share this, some of this, this happy silver with you. Now look, this is not a green screen. This is real silver. Now look, this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about thousand ounce bars. And I'll tell you what, it's not just these a thousand ounce bars and the 20 odd tons we've just brought in. In fact, if you pull up your Kinesis app, right now, this is what it is. This is real. This is not in cyberspace. This is real physical bullion that is ultimately moving through the monetary system and is gonna create you a yield and a return, which has never been done before. But you know what? It's not just about these thousand ounce bars. These are four nines bars. Now, Pretty much everything out there you'll see is a 3.9 bar. Why have we gone to a 4.9 bar? Because it's quality. It's all about quality. Now look, you know, I mean, what can I say? Am I in heaven? Of course I am. I mean, and you guys know, you are in control of this silver. It is your silver. Welcome to the Kinesis Vault. Now, what am I doing? I'm sitting here in heaven, but you know what I'm sitting on here? 1,000 ounce silver bars. Everything Kinesis does is top notch. It is the epitome, the apex of what you can achieve. And I think one of the reasons I love silver so much and the reasons I love Kinesis so much, this phone here is sitting on a 1,000 ounce bar right now. That's your bars too. These are our bars. Yes, I'm invested in Kinesis, and you are. We all are. But these are our bars. And you know what? When you get on your app, that's exactly where you are. You can now see where your bars are. This is 20 tons that came in uh, in the last day or so. There's going to be many, many more tons arriving. This is going to be a very, very busy vault. So just wanted you guys to know, here we are. And I just wanted to also say one thing. Now, here, see this coin here? Okay, this is a one ounce 1902 silver coin. Now, why am I talking about it? Because it actually buys you 30 times more than a new $1 bill. Well, does that not say it all, guys? That's history talking to you. All right, Live from the Vault. Welcome to the 50th episode of Live from the Vault. And we're actually going live to the vault. And you just saw that with Andrew McGuire. 50th. My goodness, doesn't time fly here? But aren't we having fun? That's amazing. Now you're bringing a whole new meeting to live from the vault. Uh, Andy, uh, one thing I just want to ask you, uh, I've got a lot of questions running through my mind. But when you picked up that 
that bar. Tell us about how heavy was that? Because it, you know, it looked like you just picked it up, but I know that those bars are massively uh, heavy. Hey, I may be 70, my friend, but I still work out. So it, I'm, I tell you what, it, it is. And, and you really, it gives you a shock when you pick up a bar like that, as you know. Um, it's not one that you can pick up one in each hand. But uh, I mean, hey, a thousand ounces is a thousand ounces, but of pure, pure four nines quality. And I think that was the one thing that, that really gave me a lot of pleasure to talk about was, the fact it was four nines bars and, and and not many people have always seen a four nine silver bar and how 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 shiny and, and and how much different they are to even a three nines bar which of course we love too but interesting eh yeah now so maybe tell us a little bit more about your trip to uh, uh Liechtenstein right in the Kinesis vault i mean that's amazing yeah and i think you've uh, there was a clip there of our silver vault um a corner of it and also uh, I think also the gold vault, a little snippet of, of our gold vault, which is actually uh, a separate premises altogether because silver, as you know, is, is um, uh, it's, it's in a bond. It has to be held in a bonded warehouse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it is so rare. It's a really rare thing um, to be allowed in um, to a, uh, to, to film in, in a, in a warehouse. Now, obviously in a, in a vault, you couldn't do that unless it was your own silver, because really you've got bar numbers there. Um, and, you know, there are bar numbers. They're your bar numbers. They're, they're people's, you know, they're the Kinesis holders bar numbers. So we've got nothing to hide here. But obviously, normally you wouldn't be allowed in a Brinks or a Loomis or any other vault because you'd be exposing other people's bar numbers, which technically could be, especially on the blockchain, could be, um, uh, you know, drilled down into an actual ownership. Well, very, very, very exciting. And I'm sure uh, looking forward to heading out to Liechtenstein and, uh, and, and visiting too. Now, Andrew, let's get the show uh, started. Welcome everyone to Live from the Vault. We're, we're very, very excited to have you here. And Andrew, I know, you know, between these episodes and after that you identified the gold settlement price into the BIS OPEX on the 30th of September... Um, maybe we can start this episode by looking into the action and what it indicates and, and what should we expect uh, this time around? Yeah, you know, a great question, Shane. Honestly, this is this is really, I mean, obviously, if you're a stacker, hey, this is this is not an issue. You don't really, you probably just really, well, so what if there's a better price? So what if there's a bigger price? You know, ultimately, that what you're doing is you're you're buying for the future. Um, and and preserving your uh, your wealth, um, but yeah. So, but we do get a lot of questions because a lot of traders and a lot of people are also looking and say, "Hey, you know, where can I capitalize best on this? Um, what is basically a, a tale of two separate markets?" And um, so, if whether you're a stacker or a trader, it's really good to look at you know where the lines kind of cross best between these two separate markets and. Now, the two gold markets being the divergence between the highly leveraged paper gold market and basically how much this paper market price has diverged from the unleveraged real physical supply demand fundamentals. And if you want to know what physical supply physical supply is, just look at that video. That is a snippet of real physical. And it's the, it really it's the you know, it's the, it's the physical side of the market that tells us where the market making insiders 
privileged to have gold accounts with the Bank of England are also positioning. So uh, essentially, um, let's Shane, let's start by drilling down really, which is the kind of question really, into the very short term action, because that always gives us a better view as to what obviously from a longer term perspective, hey, this is this is just noise. But last week's CPI beat, and that revealed really that the Fed's transitory narrative began to be questioned in the mainstream. We hadn't seen that really before. And the market must now weigh in that the Fed hey, has possibly made a gross policy error, which is not really rocket science when you think about what we already know and the re- one of the many reasons why we are buying gold and silver as are um, other central banks. So as far as gold's concerned, though, now, given that the market has now baked in a probable 90% chance of an interest rate hike for September 2022 and possibly uh, commencement of heights as early as July, I mean, this is being bandied about, we should really now be look, we should now look at how these two distinctly but kind of viscously linked, linked paper and physical gold markets are, are positioning. So following this CPI shock, and I think that's where we start, um, crosses last week, and the crosses meaning the crosses between the foreign exchange markets and uh, and the bond markets, et cetera, et cetera, but how they more affect the gold and silver markets, they began evidencing a substantial pickup in safe haven wealth preservation flows into physical gold. Naturally, that CPI shock, what that did was shake a lot of people's, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, shake your head because if you have not read what this this possibly means, then you need to start thinking about hedging your other risk positions at the very, very least. Um, but it's about wealth preservation. Um, and so really gold, uh, the physical gold versus the paper markets, uh, the paper markets are, are kind of algorithm correlated. We talked about this before, about the algorithms. And and basically, they're correlated basically to the dollar and bond market. So, and given that yields began to back off from their respective recent highs, we actually saw also some inflows into the paper gold market. So that always worries me a little bit on a short-term basis because these guys are, are not in the, in the deli- they're not in the taking delivery business. They're, they're literally speculative. So. You know, always watch those for those kind of moves. If there's a spike and it's not 100% physically driven and bear in mind, there's a massive amount of leverage in the paper market. Hey, you've got to position yourself for a little bit of a pullback. And that's exactly where the focus now shifts onto the divergence between the accelerated selling of global fiat currencies, dollar, yen, et cetera, et cetera. to exchange it for physical gold versus the short-term kind of chart-painted technical action, which really has to live in the paper gold markets because really the physical market is not interested in those technicals. Now, the currency exchanges for physical bullion, they're not just evident in dollars, um, but as we outlined in our last episode, also rubles, yuan, euro, and now... For a third consecutive month, very large Indian uh, INR exchanges, so in other words, Indian buying, physical bullion buying, has been huge. And the, the, when you combine these, this is, this is very large, unleveraged physical buying. 
Now, these central bank-sized physical gold accumulations, they're, look, they're noticed by everyone in the real markets, except the blinkered COMEX speculative traders, which the House rely on to game the ever-tightening paper to physical envelope. So they know, the insiders know that the paper, the physical envelope is tightening. We've got Basel III coming up, et cetera, et cetera. But really, if you can game enough synthetic interest in, synthetic non-delivery interest in, i.e. you get enough people to come into the casino, then you can rinse them. And that's really what we're seeing, but it's a tightening envelope. And we've evidenced the highly leveraged paper markets becoming really increasingly disconnected from real supply demand fundamentals. So that's driven by recently by rising bond yields. And this algorithm driven synthetic divergence really has reached about the limit of this envelope. And while we anticipated some insider official profit taking after the short squeeze, you remember we saw the CPI uh, uh, beat and then the, the short squeeze and we saw gold and silver spike higher. Well, we knew that we, we figured that probably there was going to be some retracement. Um, and because a lot of it was speculative driven and it set up gold, uh, but it set up gold for a strong physically driven catch up rally, even though we've had a bit of a pullback. Now, both downside moves in gold and silver futures were 100% COMEX driven by speculators into very strong physical market, which is why insiders exposed to the physical market are one to one long against all these sellers, i.e. they are taking everything that the, that the speculative sellers are selling. Well, Andrew, I got to tell you, you know, uh, about, I would say, 12 to 15 years ago, what really got me interested in the in the markets, especially silver, uh, was hearing you talk about the markets in terms of the paper casino markets and the physical markets. And maybe uh, you can elaborate a little bit on this because that was really what started me on the journey once I understood the difference between this uh, paper casino market and the physical. I've never uh, bought a single ounce of, uh, of paper casino, uh, you know, gold or silver. But maybe you can uh, elaborate for our subscribers, especially for the new people. Yeah, and, and Shane, and that's power to you because that then you you are not part of the problem. And I think everyone that invests in paper, uh, I mean, it's fine if you have a strong balance sheet and you have a, a plan and, and, you, and you can't be rinsed. Uh, in other words, you haven't borrowed money from the casino. Uh, then obviously you've become, a, you've become part of the, the problem. So, but yeah, Shane, this is a perfect example. Um, and the, I think the perfect example is actually because it's always good to look at a recent example. Since look at the action since our last episode. Now, while both gold, um, both gold markets, I'm not talking about gold and silver, I'm talking about both gold markets. Now, gold silver has the two markets too, but while both gold markets have rallied higher, and I'm talking about the paper and the physical market from the Bank of International Settlements options mark to market event on the 30th of September which we talked about last time, and but they've risen for basically similar reasons, which is wealth preservation, uh, safe haven demand. The difference between these two gold markets is that in one market, which is the physical bullion purchases, they're unleveraged, fully paid for long-term investment positions utilized by stackers, investors, sovereigns, central banks, where none not a single ounce of these physical purchases 
ever offered up for resale. So the, the speculators trade in the paper markets. They don't want the cost of uh, inventorying uh, real physical and then going through the trouble of reselling it. So where, see, on the other side, on the other hand, um, from, the, from the physical market, um, there's a, it's a non-delivery paper market consisting really of nothing but highly leveraged. Uh, it's a highly leveraged paper market. Um, and the buy and sell orders um, really, even though they're paper, influence, they're so leveraged, they influence the spot market price. And this is what causes this unnecessary volatility that we see in the gold market silver market too, and exactly what we've witnessed over the same period since our last episode. And these paper trades are really largely technically driven speculative trades and dutifully reacting to the ebbs and flows of the officially managed dollar index bond yield crosses, which sets them up for the house to rinse. This is a tool that the house uses. Uh, it's this group of speculative traders that provide the fuel for insiders to game this tightening paper to physical envelope. Uh, and, and what they've done is successfully conducted another psychological operations that keeps the paper traders programmed to expect that every physically driven rally will be retraced. What they're missing is that there are stair steps under this where it cannot be, where we're setting up higher and higher support points. And so it's these led by the nose spec rinses that are they're only possible to the degree that there is an, that, that the amount of paper market selling dilation can be sucked in while the officials and the insiders continue to use that to cover off their naked long over the counter gold positions as Basel the Basel three deadline approaches. Now, a quick note on that, because I've seen lots of uh, uh, misinformation about this. Um, while we see Basel III extensions reported in the general market, this is not the case as far as the net stable funding ratios for gold are, are concerned, which is, of course, the key issue. Hey, Andrew, so what, what sort of price action can we expect as this battle unwinds here? Yeah, Shane, that's good. Uh, good question. And, and again, we looked at the short term. In the medium term, really, in, in our last episode, uh, we'd noted just how wrong-footed already these led by the nose group of margined spec traders had become into this psychological operation of the Bank of International Settlements rinse at the end of September. And that we said they were ripe for an upside rinse, which in dutifully they were. Now, as we previously assayed, you know, we've we previously uh, assessed from the wholesale market footprints, it's really quite evident that these market making insiders have consistently been going one-to-one -one long against these speculators, both in the physical and the paper markets. Now, this is an important point, as these insiders are actually positioning long. And, and aside from what we can determine in the wholesale markets, there are really some clues that come to light in the smaller silver market, where we evidence the predatory swap dealers, which is, let's call it the house, positioning long against the speculators at their expense. So this is a classic house setup, utilizing market maker position concentration, i.e. the house, the dealers at the desk, basically, employing house-driven, high-frequency trading algorithms, 
and they can influence the direction of the momentum-driven automated speculator algo trading decisions. Now, these speculator algo um, uh, algos are really just trading a tick either side. They have no direction. They're trading a tick either side. Now, but if they are led by the nose, by the high frequency uh, house uh, algorithms, what they do is obviously follow that trend. And that's exactly what's happened. And right now, the driver is from time to time that driver changes. Um, uh, it's right now related to the dollar index, bond yield crosses um, against pay, paper, gold and silver. So, But regardless, 95% of all the chips they loan to the speculators are recovered back to the house at a discount and a profit. The exact formula that is, that is employed by every single casino out there. But very short term, um, while the COMEX-driven technical trade was exploited by insiders, uh, there were bid pulling at the round number at 1800. Uh, there was, it was, we saw that, and they're not going short. They're using position concentration to just simply, and they're supposed to be making a market. They're not supposed to be colluding, but by bid pulling, jointly bid pulling at a round number, what are you going to do? Um, you, you forced a rejection and uh, the 1800 round number for very short term while the conflicting, very strong physical market tells us that this action is actually really counterintuitive and, and it's very short term in nature. And that the $30 drop we saw into the Friday from the CPII, which was ignited in extremely thin liquidity at the market open, was purely technical and was jumped all over. I know that everyone I know in the wholesale market was all over this. Now, uh, sell... Really, it's about self-fulfilling technicals. They, they rely on house-generated, non-deliverable open interest. In other words, creating um, a flows of, of paper gold that don't exist. And while these technicals influence the placement of physical buy orders, because naturally, if you see this coming down, you think, well, OK, I'll buy it, thank you. I'll take it at a bit of price. Um, obviously, they do not trigger physical sell orders. That's the key issue. It doesn't matter what you see in the form of a discount. It's not triggering sell orders. It's triggering buy orders. And there are no physical bullion sell orders, period. Whereas if we look at the exchange-traded funds, GLD, SLV, etc., their on and off ramps rely on unallocated gold and in no way represent real supply demand fundamentals. And they're just one more tool to game uh, the paper markets into making uh, bad choices. And what we're discussing here is while the paper markets churn this unallocated gold, what it does is confuse the real supply demand fundamentals, which are in fact extremely strong. So really, just like after non-farm payrolls, you know, if you look at the chart, you'll see after every spike higher for real reasons and the retracement and the next CPI spike higher and the retracement, it always takes one or two sessions for the speculators to wake up to the fact, realize they're wrong footed and and really uh, and, uh, they're wrong footed again. And, and looking at the current divergence, really, we see 1800 should be overcome pretty quickly and then it'll become support. Now, the divergence between the silver physical market and the current paper market price is even more pronounced. 
which indicated that really deeply oversold silver should ultimately outperform gold from here on. That That's amazing and just seems like it's a, a little bit of a dangerous game for someone gets caught offside on, on this whole thing. But Andrew, just before we started recording uh, this episode, you mentioned uh, some interesting action in silver. Can you elaborate and maybe uh, talk to our community about this? Yeah, Shane, and what, what, what made me think of it uh, or bring it back to mind was um, was having looked, revisited our silver vault there where we were looking at all that real physical silver in real, real um, physical form. Um, yeah, this is actually, and that, this is something very, very bullish. And I'm not sure it's realized yet because it only happened yesterday, which is Tuesday. Um, and uh, it reared its head out of the blue and what this information tells us is that silver is going to have to rally from current levels. And any dips from here on is has to be jumped on aggressively by insiders. So if you're looking for a technical dip, a big technical dip, which I've seen profit all over the place, forget it. it what happened was the information involves Turkey buying up all the remaining wholesale silver bars that were left this year and front-running everyone by paying a massive premium to secure these bars. And so while it's not yet realized by the paper-driven speculators, uh, deeply oversold silver is reacting, is reacting to this very strong physical demand. So in other words, the paper guys have not worked this out yet. And yet, what we're seeing is massive, strong physical demand. And while we've evidenced the physical tightness over the last couple of weeks, none of this anticipated that very large, a very large fresh Turkish demand would, would front run what was remaining. And that is really unusual. We've never seen Turkey come into the market like this in this kind of size. So yesterday, Tuesday, this sucked out all the remaining available wholesale silver, uh, silver supply at a massive premium. And that's how they did it. They were prepared to pay well over the wholesale odds to, to literally scoop what was earmarked for other people. And what it's done is forced refiners now, and we spoke to Herreus this morning, to push out wholesale orders to next year now. And we're talking about wholesale orders, we're talking about thousand ounce bars. So wholesale silver is now really commanding very large premiums which is not yet reflected in this paper-driven price, but it will be. And I can guarantee insiders are all over silver right now. So regardless of the speculators selling paper silver on their algorithms into rising bond yields or whatever, or strong dollar, silver will now have to rally in these extremely tight physical conditions. So what I'm saying is pullbacks in silver will be shallow and extremely viable. I think this is a massive opportunity for silver stackers and literally tabled yesterday. Awesome, awesome. Talking gold and silver with Andrew McGuire. Hey, buy physical. You know, it's great to understand this a little bit more and, and even better help others understand the difference uh, between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper, gold, and silver markets, and the actual physical gold and silver markets, they are not the same. So there you have it. That's all we have for you today. Another fascinating episode of Live from 
The Vault. Please help us spread the word about this channel by liking, sharing, subscribing. Click on that bell if you'd like to be notified as these episodes go live. So in the comments also, go ahead and ask your questions regarding the gold and silver markets and your questions, you never know, may pop up on a future episode. So with that, we'll see you next time on Live from the Vault. Bye for now.